0: Welcome to Vedic Living, I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Aparna Kanolkar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic Rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, Aparna is going to present her perspective on boosting our immunity, especially valuable during the cold and flu season. Two mantras which amplify the beneficial effects of the food and lifestyle suggestions that Aparna will make first is two variations on the famous Mritan mantra and second is the Mula mantra for Dunvantri the form of Vishnu who is the divine physician good morning Aparna how are you today
1: good how are you Ben
0: good well no flu in my life yet
1: you won't have any flu Keep talking to me.
0: All right. Well, tell us how.
1: One of the first things to understand about immunity is this concept of ojas in Ayurveda. We have ojas and we have ama, and ojas is uh, kind of the subtle glue that binds the body, mind, and soul together. And rishis have written about it, saying that it's this white, su- sticky substance. And it's a final byproduct of food that is digested and well assimilated in the physiology. So you might wonder what OJAS rich foods are. Any food that quickly turns into OJAS is good for immunity. And I've mentioned this before in other podcasts. Um, mangoes, milk, ghee, almonds, mung dal and beans, rice, saffron moderate amounts of paneer, um, fresh fruits, other fresh fruits, pomegranates, grains like quinoa and old aged white basmati rice. Those are all foods that digest quickly, that are intelligent, and they assimilate quickly into the body, into the tissues and organs, and create vitality and helps with proper functioning of all the organs. Um, this is more theoretical, but I think our listeners might find it interesting. There's two types of ojas. One is para-ojas, and it is said that there's only eight drops of para-ojas in our heart. And when we lose the eight drops of ojas from the heart, it results in physical death. And a-para-ojas, it runs through the whole body. So, um... Let's talk quickly about what is immunity. I think we all know that immunity is resistance to disease. Um, it protects our body from bacteria, viruses, fungus, parasites, and other pathogens. In Ayurveda, immunity is directly influenced by Agni, which is our digestive fire. If our digestive fire is low, then our metabolism Slows down or becomes erratic in its function, and our resistance is low because of the accumulation of ama or toxins. Um, undigested food and improperly digested experiences creates ama in the physiology. So it's important to remember that it's not just food that creates toxins in the body; it's even the way we handle life and the stresses. Uh, Deepak Chopra, a number of years ago, said. It's not about how much stress you have, it's how you cope with your stress that matters. And how we cope with stress and how we digest our food directly impacts our immune system. So when we have undigested food or undigested emotions, there is a stagnation, an accumulation of toxins, which then creates this fertile ground for bacteria to thrive. Um, Ama also prevents nutrients from reaching tissues, and so we need self-discipline and healthy relationships to build our immune system. That means we have to exercise some self-control and be aware of what we're putting in our body and how we're choosing to experience life. Um, I wanted to talk about the three types of immunity in Ayurveda. There is... um, Sahaja, which is natural. It comes through our inherited chromosomes. It's just what we're born with. There's Kalaja, which is based on time. Kala means time. It's also based on season and age. So in a way, you can say the younger you are, the stronger you are. And living near water bodies generates more kapha. And if we remember from our kapha podcast, kapha is responsible for immune function. So if we live near water bodies, it's said that we will enhance our immune system function. And then there is yuktikruta, which is acquired immunity, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about kalaja and yuktikruta today because those are the ones that we can influence through our choices. So there are three ways of enhancing our immunity, according to Ayurveda. The first one, not necessarily in this order, but just the first one is the use of rasayanas, which would be herbal compounds. Um, Ayurveda has an extensive science of how herbs are cooked and mixed together and made into compounds, whether it's in the form of a, powder or a jam like chavan prash for its incredible healing properties, the synergy of the herbs, how, how they work within the physiology. And normally they use a little bit of jaggery and ghee to act as vehicles of transportation, of moving these herbs to where, where they need to go for the healing to occur. And some of the herbs that are used in rasayana, and there are hundreds of these, I'll just mention a few. The One of the most common and well-known ones, is Amalaki, Guduchi, and Vidari, Brahmi, which is wonderful for the mind, Shatavari, which is great for um, the female reproductive system, as well as for calming and pacifying Vata, Bala, same thing, very good for Vata, and Ashwagandha, which is primarily used for calming the mind, but also uh, prescribed for men, for strengthening their reproductive system. Um, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but Vyayama, which is exercise um, in Sanskrit, is also one way of enhancing your immune system. It's said that we must exercise every day, but only to about 50% of our capacity. And Samya, that's another way of enhancing immunity, is by consuming wholesome substances, which we'll go into in a minute. Um, So ama can accumulate in many parts of the body, including the intestines, the lymphatic system, the veins, arteries, the urinary tract, the skin, and of course, on the non-physical level, it can accumulate in the nadis, or the subtle channels of energy. So this
0: is what you're what you're talking about, you know, subtle channels of energy and such. Um, <clears throat> is there a, you know, from a Western medical perspective, um, you know, a substance that Western medicine would identify as ama?
1: Yeah, plaque in the arteries would be one of the most common uh, forms of ama that's that's uh, diagnosed in the West.
0: And so in terms a- of- ama could be a generic. Um, yeah, AMA
1: is a generic term for toxins, yes. Okay. And in terms of the emotional end of it, you know, fatigue and depression, those are all AMA in the ama in the non-physical sense, you know, but it's diagnosed in the West as chronic fatigue syndrome or depression or, you know, such, you know, being overweight is also a sign of having AMA in the body. Yeah, of course, probably in one specific part of the body, you know, the intestines or liver. Sometimes when you have a sluggish liver and an overheated liver. So um, let's talk about how to build our immune system now. So we know that we need to eat foods that are intelligent, foods that digest quickly. And I gave um, examples of it just a few minutes ago. I also would like to encourage people to use spices in their cooking because it helps with assimilation of nutrients from other foods and of course spices have their own potent um, intelligence for healing and cleansing. Um, Tulsi which is holy basil, neem, turmeric, cumin, black pepper, ginger, garlic, those are all wonderful Ama-burning spices and herbs, um, as well as dill, cilantro, mint. Well, mint actually is more cooling, but it would help for pitta people. Fenugreek is also wonderful. Um, Sweet fruits such as mangoes, pears, ripe pears, cooked apples, pomegranates, papayas, peaches, plums. Those are all wonderful for enhancing digestion and immunity. Quinoa and amaranth are also immune-boosting grains. They have a great deal of fiber in them. Ghee, of course, is prized in Ayurveda for its uh, healing properties. It digests quickly. Um, it's taken in moderation. It's wonderful for building immune strength
0: now is yeah. is ghee is ghee specifically better than for example just using butter
1: yes very much so yes cool. because when we take butter and cook it until it turns into ghee uh we're cooking off we're separating the milk solids and we're cooking off all the moisture from the butter so what we're left is this very pure um left with is this very pure golden liquid that's um Of course, it's a saturated fat, so we want to use it in moderation. But it's now actually very vata pacifying and nourishing for pitta. So the whole, um, basically, ghee is considered warming and butter is considered very cooling. So butter has some clogging properties and ghee doesn't. That's why it's used so commonly in Ayurveda and in Vedic cuisine. Um, Of course, continue to maintain your daily routine, that's very important Um, because, you know, life, our our lifestyle and our health is a lifetime's worth of work. If we just eat ghee once in a while and take some herbs two times a year, that's not going to give us the strong immune system we want. Um, Eat only about three quarters of your capacity. Leave room for digestion, for things to work inside your belly, instead of filling it to the top. And of course, eat according to doshas and of course the seasons. Right now, we would eat a very light, vata-pacifying diet. We want it to be nourishing and substantial, but also easy to digest. Um, soaked almonds are wonderful, sesame seeds are also very strengthening, walnuts. These three are some of the most powerful immune-building foods. Um, continue to do your abhyanga. Again, abhyanga would be part of our lifestyle. You know, it's something we do every day or often, at least a few times a week. Um, the oil going, penetrating into your skin, into your nerve endings. The hot water falling on your skin, you know, it's cleansing to the skin. The skin is the largest organ in the body. It absorbs everything. So when we take care of our skin, we take care of our, when we rub the oil on our body, you know, we're strengthening our muscles. So abhyanga is very important. It's very grounding. It's calming and soothing for vata. Depending on the oil you use, it also pacifies other doshas. And... Again, as I mentioned earlier, exercise every day to maintain healthy body weight. And exercise is one of the easiest ways to enhance your immune function. And in Ayurveda, they don't promote or support all the heavy-duty workouts and spinning and running or any of that because they say that if you exercise to 50% of your body's capacity, then you can exercise every day. And over time, you actually build a stronger body. Um, Sleep. We're going to do a podcast on sleep alone at a later time. It is also the fastest way to strengthen your immune system. Um, I'm not 100% sure about this fact, but I read this many years ago, that if you stay up till midnight one night, your... The strength of your immune system is reduced by fifty percent. I have, I know this for a fact. That the number of hours of sleep you get before midnight, the quality of that sleep, is much more than any number of hours of sleep you get after midnight. Um, shavasana is also one of the greatest ways to reduce stress and lower. It lowers your heart rate. Your blood pressure, it reduces fatigue, it it improves your sleep, and also because of all of those reasons I just mentioned, it enhances your immune function, and of course meditation, we talk about this every time, reduces stress, um, it's been studied in the West, it's been researched, it has some amazing health benefits, so continue to do your meditation, whether it's your japa mantra or Open-eyed or closed-eyed mantra of your uh, meditation of your choice, and some of you may know that Panchakarma is um, Ayurveda's one of the best things that Ayurveda offers. Um, Panchakarma is a Ayurvedic style of cleansing the body and mind, and um, it's done usually at the change of seasons in fall and spring and it's one of the best ways to make sure that all the toxins come out of your body and um your body is cleansed rejuvenated and we end with um, some prescriptions for herbs to strengthen rasayanas and they're very luxurious treatments and you eat you don't um, starve yourself most everybody loses weight when they do it uh, but you're eating you know very simple meals fresh, high-intelligent foods, dals and rice and kichri and quinoa. And you get steam treatments and shirodharas, which is the oil pouring on the forehead, and full-body abhyangas every day administered by a practitioner. And various other, we have nasya and karna, which is a nasal administration of Brahmi ghee, and warm oil in the ears all of these are very Vata pacifying and very clarifying to the mind and For Pitta and Kapha we have other treatments yogurt skin treatment for instantly cooling the excessive heat of Pitta and we use other herbalized oils for stimulating Kapha people um, how,
0: how long does panchakarma take?
1: Uh, Panchakarma, if you've never done it before, um, it's advisable that you only do a three-day Panchakarma first. Mm -hmm. There's always a home prep time, which is uh, usually about five days where you just do things at home. And then we do three days of treatments, and then we have another one week of maintaining the same diet and lifestyle so your body can integrate all the wonderful cleansing treatments. Um, If you've If you're ready for five days, and we do five days, and there's nine days, and I have clients who go to India and do it for 21 days. You can even do it for 90 days, I believe. That's what I've read. But it has to be carefully supervised, and it's very individualized, obviously. It's based on your doshik needs and your imbalances. For some people, we don't even do a cleanse. We just do rejuvenation because they're so depleted. Their vata is so exhausted. We just do treatments to strengthen and pacify the vata aspect first before we do the cleanse. And I've done these myself, and they're just fantastic. You feel like a new being, body and mind. Um, it's quite lovely. I did want to talk very briefly about ama, give examples of what foods that cause ama in the body. So then we can pay attention to, maybe not using them. Um, canned food, processed food, foods that have preservatives, additives, food color, these are all um, foods that create ama. They're harder to digest. Even meat is considered ama Eating late at night is one of the most unhealthiest things we can do because It interrupts all the bodily functions, especially the function of the liver, which is very important um, because then the body starts digesting the food. And, of course, our agni or digestifier is so weak at night that it can't properly digest the food, which then becomes toxic or remains undigested. Um, And, of course, it contributes to weight gain and really intense dreams and improper sleep. You just can't sleep very well. Um, eating heavy, meat-rich and dairy-rich foods at night is another way of creating ama in the body. So dinner should be very light and easy to digest, and lunch can be heavier. If you do eat chicken or fish, try to eat it in the lunch hour. That's when our agni is the strongest. Sugar is one of the most homogenic foods, white sugar, Uh, It impairs white blood cell activity, and it depresses the immune system. I read uh, some years ago that um, they took some cancer cells and put it in a Petri dish and fed it sugar, white sugar. And the cancer cells just grew and grew and grew. They just multiplied. And then part of the experiment was not feeding it sugar anymore. And slowly the cancer cells just died after some time. So, um, same with alcohol, because alcohol is very stimulating to vata and kapha, But there's a lot of sugar. The body converts it into sugar over time. So, um, I often use the petri dish cancer cell example with many of my clients. And it's it's a very powerful example, you know, and it gives us so much choice in how much sugar we eat. Um, so if you're wondering what kind of sweeteners to use, um, you can use honey in moderation, but never in hot foods um, because it can turn toxic. So you want to wait till your tea is a little bit cooler before you add it to your tea. Um, agave nectar is, is a wonderful sweetener. Um, I use turbinado sugar in small amounts. Um, you can also use stevia. So we have many wonderful al- alternatives to white sugar. And of but course, I would have
0: to think I would have to think that some of the artificial sweeteners would be even worse yes, than white sugar. Yes,
1: absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how negatively they're impacting the body, but it does. So it's just best to avoid it. You know, and the other thing is, we want to have our taste buds refined. We want to eat sattvic foods because sattvic foods, of course, helps our immune system. But when we eat sattvic foods, we know we can instinctively and intuitively tell what's good for us and what's not good for us. But if our taste buds are, you know, deadened from eating these dead foods or heavily processed foods, then we won't know. We won't really taste the food. So we keep eating more and more and more. And then we'll gain weight can create more ama in the body so always try to eat the most pure food you can find of course it's not a perfect world our lives are not perfect so we just do the best we can and when we have access to you know farmers markets or organic stores um, even if our budget is small there are still some i've shopped for a number of years for people for my clients and for myself and Buying fruits and vegetables is always cheaper than buying foods in packages, whether it's organic or not. So choose to buy two bunches of kale versus some chips or junk food like that. And your body will show you, you know, in a very short time how happy it is. You'll feel better, you'll lose weight, you sleep better, you're more productive your mind is sharp it's not foggy so um, again you know as Ben and I have talked about this before you know we, we encourage you to make one change at a time we don't want you to try to make your life perfect from listening to, to these podcasts all at once we just want you to make gradual changes Ayurveda is all about ease ease on the mind ease on the physiology because if we force something to happen overnight we won't be able to sustain it. But if we make the change gradually, we have a better chance of sustaining it. So maybe for today's podcast you can make a commitment of just saying, I don't want to eat canned or processed foods anymore. That's that's one small thing. It's one but it will have big benefits.
0: Well, I, I can I, I, I agree and my own experience um, runs very similar to that. I have For my whole life, just always had at lunchtime or or you know when you want a snack or whatever, Um, and it comes partly from having three kids who live in the real world. Uh, But I've I I developed quite a Coca-Cola habit, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: uh, the last time, well, Coca-Cola in India tastes horrible. I have no idea what. what happened to the recipe but it's not the same so I never drink coca-cola in India and the last time I went I stayed for about two and a half weeks I came home and I thought okay I'm just simply going to stop which took a certain amount of willpower but I I noticed that um, with the reduction of the amount of caffeine and sugar um, corn syrup based sugar uh, in my diet uh, I, I lost about six or seven pounds uh, f- fairly quickly and very easily, and better uh, still, my uh, m- you know my mental state uh, hmm. became much much more uh, stable. There were less ups and downs. Um, I was much more patient, uh, and I've kept I've kept with it. Not not that it's always easy, but. Um, I, I think there's, only, there's a limit to the, the amount of change that one can introduce into one's lifestyle, and I think that the, you know, the the, the the routines of eating that we have are very much a function of the kind of environment that we have to live in. Um, when I was uh, teaching at a community college, I would have some classes in the morning, some classes in the evening, so my days were extremely long.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's, it's very, very difficult <laughs> when, you, when you get really tired to eat properly. Um, French fries at, after class at 9.30 at night felt so good, <laughs> but they weren't necessarily the best thing for me, but I was not gonna have a salad. It just was not satisfying, so you you, you, you be can't healthier. be too c- crazy about it, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, now that you have your rice cooker slash slow cooker, you're going to be making soups, right? I'll send you. Yeah, a- right.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, and <clears throat> it is something that at some point I think, um, whether whether we are pushed into this because we're not as healthy as we used to be. A um, good part of our audience is finding that perhaps we are not as young as we used to be. Mm. Uh, and so you start to make lifestyle changes, in a way, out of necessity. Yes. But, but they have to be incremental. You can't just say, it makes no more sense to say, I'm going to eat a perfectly sattvic diet than it is to say, uh, well, starting on Monday, I'm going to be a saint. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. I think what we have to do is keep in mind all of the suggestions that you have here in terms of, for example, boosting immunity. But the brilliance of Ayurveda is having made these changes in terms of immunity, the side effects are going to be brilliant.
1: They are. I guarantee it. Yes, you will feel so good. Every client I've worked with, every person I've done Panchakarma with, they have finished and they've felt brilliant. They felt beautiful and new and fresh and rejuvenated. And myself, you know, I just turned 40 and I am in great health. I'm flexible. I'm pretty happy for the most part. And, you know, I'm in great health. I don't look 40. I don't feel 40. So, and that's because I have made it a commitment at least in the last 10 years to live this life. So, I mean in my case I have to live it to show people that it works. But it, it actually you know, it's it's the perfect lifestyle for me.
0: Well good. This is this is good food for thought. Yes.